they're gonna catch me at John C. Riley's house. <laughs> Wait, was quoting it walk, walk hard. hard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want no part of this shit, do we? <laughs> you don't want no part of this. Shit. He's like, yo, man, I have, I have better movies for one. Like. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we never like really introduce ourselves during this podcast. I don't think. Uh, do you want to tell them more about your your life, Adam? No, <laughs> I'm a private person. Yeah, that's fair. You don't need all your fans swarming. Yeah, you, you got to separate that stuff, man. You know, you can't get. I want the fame, but, like, I don't want all the stuff that comes with the fame. You know what I mean? I just want the money and power. Yeah. Yeah. I want the money, power, the influence. Mm-hmm. I don't need people knowing all my personal shit, though. That's right. The bidet. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God, yeah. Have you actually had a bidet? No, no, I've never had a bidet. It's a magical experience. <laughs> really? That's not a joke. When did you use a bidet? It was years ago. I've only done it twice. Oh, okay, twice. Like, was this... Were you someplace really fancy? Yeah, or just fancy out building. Out of the country? A fancy building. Mm-hmm. One of them big old tall fancy buildings like what you's got in the city. Actually, it wasn't in Washington. It was in North Carolina. Oh. Where at? A, I can't remember the name. It was some stupid golfing resort. I had to go. Um, I worked at Forest Creek. And there's a bunch of old dudes that play golf and they offered me money to be like a caddy at a really fancy golfing resort place yeah because you were not a caddy no 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 no. uh you worked with the carts yeah yeah right no they just it was just like they needed caddies and like the people they usually do like i guess flaked on them need someone last second I could, you know, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, but they were super nice, and they were drunk most of the time, so it really didn't matter. Fair enough. Drunk equals generous with tips? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, One time I got a tip just because I recognized the Pink Floyd song. What? Yeah, it was pretty funny. What? Yeah, like, what were the circumstances, and also, what song was it? Uh, no, they were just driving in, and, you know, some a lot of them drive with, like, speakers and stuff, and they came in playing uh, Comfortably Numb, and I was like, Pink Floyd, that's cool, and he was like, you know Pink Floyd? He was just so shocked, and I was like, yeah, they're, they're good, <laughs> big fan, and he gave yeah. me $100, and I was like... Nice. <laughs> I am so happy I know about Pink Floyd. <laughs> oh, that's 
kind of mad at you now. No one's ever given me $100 because I know Pink Floyd. Yeah. That's pretty good. I wish that were a job. <laughs> like, fuck... Fuck our day jobs. This. Fuck this podcast. If I could get paid just to know Pink Floyd songs, yeah, that's 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 the dream, right? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Money is a gas. <laughs> Alright. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Film Thropology. Today we're going to be tackling Taxi Driver and the attempted assassination of President Ronald Reagan. Crazy. Crazy. You know, what? Okay, I have to get this. It's just something on my mind. Um, What was that really dumb? Oh my gosh. It was a really dumb movie with, like, Jimmy Fallon, and he was, like, a cab driver or something. Taxi. It, okay. Yes. This this is Martin Scorsese's... No, I know, but every time... <laughs> 1976 Taxi Driver, not to be confused with uh, 2005's Taxi Driver? No, I think it, you said it was just Taxi, right? Yes, it's just Taxi, uh, with <laughs> Queen Latifah and Yep, Queen Latifah and, and, and Tom, Fallon. Brady's, Tom Brady's wife. Is Giselle in that? Yeah. Oh God, I I started that movie. Uh, no, it's a really bad. And yeah, I feel I feel kind of bad bringing it up. Yeah, it was <laughs> in in the same spotlight as Taxi Driver, yeah. but I also thought it'd be really funny to bring up. Can you? Because I actually get these movies mixed up all the time, and I think it's really funny. I hate it. I do too. You're like I, you're not the only one. I'm like, oh, oh my that? god, taxi. It has, it's like it has a nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, like one. They are very different films. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I don't know if two films. Yeah, I think Taxi was probably the uh, more emotionally heavy movie for sure. Oh yeah, exactly. It, it, Queen Latifah really knocked it out of the park. So yeah, uh, sorry for the crazy side. No, that's but fine. But yeah, uh, we we got into a similarly named movie Taxi. Yes. And yes. So to clarify, <laughs> we're not talking about. We will be taxi. discussing the 1976 film from Martin Scorsese entitled Taxi Driver, not to be confused with the 2004 film Taxi, starring. Queen Latifah and Jimmy Fallon. Um, yeah, and Tom Brady's wife. And Tom so. Brady's wife. Uh, she has a name, just G- Giselle. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know her last. Name. I don't know. I, I assume know it's Brady. Actually, she's that's a probably famous not true. supermodel. You know, whatever. She is. What is it? She's fine. G- Giselle Bunchen. Bunchen. I don't know. Anyway. Sure. Let's talk about Robert De Niro. Let's talk about yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, so um, Taxi Driver, nineteen seventy six, directed by or forgive me, written by Paul Schrader. Um, has written several other films, mostly uh, indie films. Uh, done a lot of work with Martin Scorsese. Paul Schrader wrote Last Temptation of Christ, Raging Bull, um, some newer ones called. Uh, the first reformed, the card counter, dark, 
Um, also, Paul apparently is a director in his own right. Um, directed by Martin Scorsese. Do I even have to? I mean, I don't. <laughs> do, do I even I have to go down? That. Is he? Is he good? Uh, he's not bad. <laughs> okay. Um, huh. The some of his repertoire includes The Departed, The Aviator, Gangs of New York, Wolf of Wall Street, The Color of Money, Casino, Goodfellas, The Irishman, Shutter Island. Uh, have you seen all those? I have not. I have not seen The Color of Money. I have seen all the other yeah. ones. I haven't seen that one either, actually. Yeah. Um, I hear. What's th- your favorite? Out of like all the ones I just named, or just from him? No, out of all of his movies. Um, I really enjoy Gangs of New York and Wolf of Wall Street. Um, that being Does said, it. I also enjoy The Aviator. Sure. Um. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy, I think, all of his movies that I've seen. Yeah, it's arguable that Goodfellas is probably his best film. Like, if, once again, that is the prevailing opinion, I I think. Um, then again, could be Taxi Driver, I don't know. So, brief plot synopsis of Taxi Driver. Well, actually, no, hold up. Which one is your favorite film, do you think? I was thinking about it. For me, it's it's like between ah, I love all of them. Let me just say that before I say this. Sure. Okay. For me, it's between Casino. Wow. And. I know it's more of his more recent work, but I really, really like The Irishman. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I was not expecting you to name those two as your yeah, I know. top ones. I just... I love all his movies, though. So, like, these yeah. are by, like, very thin margins here. That's okay? true. Well, that's the thing here. Martin Scorsese is widely considered one of the greatest uh, greatest living directors of our time um uh and uh i think i mean never mind i almost spoiled never mind i just stop myself what i almost took your part what are you were you, Don't worry were about, you about to spoil taxi driver for everybody or not the movie but mm-hmm. like what you're going to be talking about. Ah. And I felt like I was jumping the gun, so I had to stop. Okay, well, let's get into it. For those who have not seen Taxi Driver... I'm sorry, I'm eating cookies at the same time. Um, Come on, man, be professional. (laughs) Um, Taxi Driver follows a disillusioned, disenfranchised Vietnam vet named Travis Bickle, played by Robert De Niro, who works as a third-shift taxi driver cruising the streets of New York City at night with only his thoughts and the temporary company of his passengers. Eventually, he encounters a woman named Betsy, who is played by Sybil Shepard, 
working on as a uh, volunteer volunteer campaign staff member for a local politician. They begin to develop a romantic relationship, albeit short-lived, as it implodes when Travis takes her to see a pornographic film as a second date. Uh, so that doesn't go well. He's alone again, <laughs> uh, then encounters a 12-year-old prostitute, which he befriends by the name of Iris, played by Jodie Foster. Uh, they immediately, uh, he immediately becomes immensely concerned for her well-being, uh, and continues to, um, spiral into a fanatical interest in the politician that Betsy was, uh, staffed under. Um, this all spirals out of control as the movie progresses, but I will not spoil it for anybody. Yeah, let's. Um, <laughs> let's spoil the yet. Here's the thing. Fifty-year movie. <laughs> Spoiler alert: We are gonna have to spoil the ending later uh, when we get into what happens after the film's release. But first, a little bit of backstory. Written by Paul Schrader, ends up with um, Martin Scorsese after Martin finishes and releases Boxcar Bertha, uh, which kind of got him noticed. Um, not quite a household name yet, but got him noticed because he did the film and it got one of the actresses a Oscar nomination. So, nice. um, the story was inspired... Alright, so now I, I can't even go very far, actually. <laughs> I have to spoil the movie immediately. <laughs> Spoiler! <laughs> Spoiler alert ahead. Um, in uh, as the film progresses basically uh, the main character Travis Bickle ends up stalking the politician and eventually trying to commit a, an assassination um, against him but is thwarted um, later uh, uh, De Niro's character Bickle tries to quote unquote save Iris the 12 year old prostitute from her life and basically just goes on a shooting spree at the uh, brothel, I suppose, if you want to call it that, um, which she conducts her work and uh, also, I believe, kills her pimp, who is played by Harvey Keitel. Uh, yeah, so there you go. That's what happens. Uh, in the end, he becomes a media hero for saving this girl and reuniting her with her family who lives out in bumfuck nowhere. And, uh... Can't relate. Exactly. Ends up going pretty well for Travis Bickle in the film. So, the screenplay was based on actual events. Uh, loose, uh, very heavily based on the attempted assass assassination of George Wallace in 1972 um, by a guy named Arthur Bremer. Very mm -hmm. similar circumstances to Travis Bickle, um... The another loosely inspired, um, or another event that loosely served as inspiration was uh, an attempted assassination on Gerald Ford during his pres presidency in 1975 by Lynette Squeaky Frome. What a day! Yeah, she was a member of the Manson family. Oh shit! Yeah. Um, she didn't get thrown in jail like everybody else, apparently. Uh, she got released, and 
you know, very soon after, I guess they corrected that and threw her in jail for trying to kill President Ford. So, um, uh, the film gained, the film gained, par uh, blah, blah. so, uh, other circumstances here, De Niro had just won Best Actor for Godfather Part 2 prior to mm. the release of Taxi Driver, and Scorsese was following up on his film Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. Um, some fun facts. Originally, Kim Bassinger was offered the role of Iris but turned it down. Dustin Hoffman... Oh, snap. Yeah, yeah. Dustin Hoffman was offered the lead role um, but turned it down vehemently, apparently. And uh, my favorite little bit of info here, Neil Diamond almost played the lead role. Excuse me? <laughs> yes, literally only because he was friends with the producer. Um, That's so weird. Yeah, that would have been really weird and just really out of pocket, I think. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, uh, in the, during the you making... Know, you know what that reminds me of just a little bit? What? That kind of reminds me of how I feel about, um, you, you know, the, like, Matrix and how Will Smith almost got the role of Neo. What? Wait, you did wait, hold up. Did I just... <laughs> you just blew my fucking mind. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, if I rem I remember, if, yeah, I, if I remember correctly, the two big roles that, like, Will Smith denied that, because he denied the Matrix for Wild Wild West. Oh, no. Oh, sir. <laughs> yeah his agent his agent fucking sucks right like, yeah his agent fucking needs needed to be fired i hope he was <laughs> but yeah no he he could have been neo yeah but like it's kind of, i guess it feels i just don't imagine will smith as neo i just don't know what that movie looks like but i feel like it couldn't be better than keanu reeves's version actually in my opinion, so like, yeah, this, that's kind of how I feel about that. Like, I'm glad that didn't happen. <laughs> I picture him playing it similar to Hancock. That wouldn't. I don't know if I would like that. But yeah, sorry. I'm just thinking about the way I said Hancock because, like, it sounded like I was from Boston. Yeah, you know, I picture him playing it like he played Hancock. <laughs> they can both fly alright so <laughs> no that's fucking weird though I can't picture that uh, yeah, could you be... imagine him no. did I say the other movie that he denied no what was that it Django Unchained oh really As Django why'd he turn that one down that he didn't the script was a little too much for him ah was was it the just like all the yeah i don't know how to say it racism <laughs> like blatant racism it was just a little too uh or was it the blue he was just trying to he's still trying to uphold kind of from what i understand he was trying to still uphold like a family image and whatnot so um, i guess you know being in that movie wouldn't help facilitate that oh uh, but then he slapped Chris Rock. <laughs> yeah, I was there. about to say, I don't think the family image works after you slap Chris <laughs> Rock on the Oscar stage. But, 
I've never been famous, so I could be wrong. Um, well, he should have kept her name out of his fucking mouth. That's am I right. right. That's right. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I hate that I had. I hate that we're having a conversation about taxi driver, and I somehow managed to <laughs> take it all the way to the fucking Oscar slap. I hate it. Yeah, Oscar gate, slap gate. Yeah, I hate it. I'm sorry. I hate how much attention that whole event had. <laughs> yeah, I know. Honestly, what really got me about that whole thing that no one talked about, no one wanted a G.I. Jane 2. Nobody wants that. I mean, you're right. That's true. So, man, that taxi driver movie yeah uh it's queen, queen latifah was great in it um, <laughs> <laughs> um okay so uh the movie uh you've heard the description is incredibly graphic incredibly violent uh, and has incredibly adult themes um, for this, the Motion Picture Association of America gave it an X rating. Um, at that point, Columbia Pictures begins forcing Martin Scorsese to cut crucial parts out, and apparently the relationship between Scorsese and the studio was already not on great terms during production, so when we get to post-production, they're not happy at all about the X rating because... Of course, that is going to limit the amount of audiences they're going to get. In yeah, the it's going to prevent them from making money, bro. That's right. So, fuck. Um, <laughs> apparently, there was a rumor that uh, Scorsese stayed up all night after being told to cut these parts out of the movie, getting drunk, gun, it, gun in his lap, basically preparing to go the next morning to Columbia Studios and shoot the head of the company. Uh, and friends had to talk him down, uh, but this was never proven and probably wildly exaggerated. Um, no, nah, I believe it 100%. I don't know. Well, apparently Spielberg, being one of the friends, um, the other two being Brian De Palma and John Milius, um, Spielberg claims he did threaten it, but he was just mad and wanted us to feel that rage with him. Um, he never actually made any plans to carry it out to his knowledge. So, which I'm surprised. I, John Milius is not the one to bring to that situation because he'll be like, yeah, fucking shoot him. I fuck, I'll, you can use my gun. I got it right here. I keep that fucking thing on me. <laughs> Do you know, uh, are you familiar with John Milius? Uh, not Initially, the name doesn't sound familiar. Um, I watched a biography on the dude a while back. I wasn't familiar with him either, but he did a lot of great writing work. He made several really great films. He wrote Apocalypse Now. Oh, snap. He wrote... Um, I wanted to say he wrote Point Break, but I could be wrong on that one. Um, but he did write and direct Red Dawn, the original. Okay. Um, which is another episode concerning Reagan that we'll do somewhere down the line. 
Because everybody loves Reagan, am I right? That's right. Especially, that's... <laughs> especially this guy we got coming up that I'm going to tell you about here in one second. Um, Reagan's biggest fucking fan. Uh, so, yes, uh, basically they managed to get an R rating for the film. Uh, Scorsese distorts some of the violence with uh, some added grain to the footage. Um and also he gets support from another exec, but the studio overall does not have much faith in him. So when the film is released on February 8th, 1976, it is only released initially, I believe, in two theaters. Um, however, it becomes nominated for Best Actor, Best Actress, Actress, Best Actress, <laughs> Best Picture, and Best Original Score. Uh, for the score from Bernard Herrmann, who did music for Vertigo, The Day the Earth Stood Still, and his very first Hollywood project was Citizen Kane. Oh, yes, that little movie. Yes, this wow. is this was uh, John Williams or Hans Zimmerman for back in the day. So, film is released February eighth, nineteen seventy six. Goes on to become a wicked success. Um, fun fact, Bernard Herrmann, who did the score, you know, comparable, comparable to John Williams, comparable to Hans Zimmer, uh, shout outs to John Williams. Didn't he just finish his last movie, right? What, Indiana Jones 5000 or something? Sure. I'm pretty sure it's Indiana Jones. Yeah. But I think he's done. He's, he's... He has damn crazy long career. Yeah, uh, I, I like mean, nothing but bops. You know what I mean? So funny you say that. Uh, Taxi Driver would be Bernard Herrmann's last project. He Whoa! He, he died uh, about a month or two before the film release. Damn. Yep. Um, an OG. Uh, so, yeah. Good for Taxi Driver, good for Scorsese. Enter a young man by the name of John Hinckley Jr. John Hinckley Jr. Sounds like a huh? pretty chill dude. Just oh. by the name, sounds like a pretty chill dude. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. John Hinckley Jr., I believe, was 20 years old. Uh, I'm not sure what his birthday is. Could have been 19. But roughly 19, 20 years old. When the film is released... Um, he comes from a well-off family in University Park, Texas. Um, his father is an oil exec. His mom is an agoraphobic shut-in. Um, basically, he sees Taxi Driver. Uh, he wants to be a musician. He moves to Hollywood, sees Taxi Driver at least 15 times, reportedly, and reads and rereads again and again, the novel adaption by Richard Elman and Paul Schrader. Um, becoming Can I a, ask a quick question? Yes. Have you ever obsessed over a movie that so much that you've watched 16 times? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there are probably several movies I've seen at least 15 times yeah, in, same. in my life, you know. Um, I was just wondering. Sure, I mean... You might yeah. be the next John Hinckley Jr. That's right. <laughs> See, I'm just thinking, like, all the ones I've watched 15 times at least are, like, all comedies. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're gonna... That's fair. 
<laughs> they're gonna catch me at John C. Riley's house. <laughs> Wait, quoting walk hard. hard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You don't want no part of this shit, do we? <laughs> you don't want no part of this. He's like, yo, man, I have, I have better movies for one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um. All right. Sorry. No, you're, just, you're fine. Have sorry, you? I mean, watched, what? <laughs> what? Were you going to ask what movie to have I seen? Yeah. What are, what's, what are some movies you've seen? Probably at least fifteen times. Uh, I'm kind of ashamed of it a little bit now, but, um, I mean, the movie's good. It's just, I used, okay, it's, the first one that comes off the top of my head was Inception. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, I watched that movie. Well, and my job facilitated me the ability to watch movies a bunch of times. Yeah. Because I could watch him for free when back in high school and stuff like that. High ah, school, early college. Yes, that's And fair. another one. So, Inception, I like got all my friends who had not watched Inception to make them watch Inception. Because I wanted everyone to know the gospel of Inception. <laughs> um, then Mad Max. Fury uh, Road. Ah, oh, that's fair. I haven't seen that one. Whoa, uh, no, at all? No, 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 no. I have not seen okay. that one nearly as much, but I have seen it several times. It is a good one. Okay. Yes, I, say, no, I, I have seen both Inception and Mad Max. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty sure I've watched Inception once, maybe twice. Mm. Yeah. I feel pretty comfortable saying I've watched it 20 times. Mm. Fair. At least. That's fair. If you like it, you like it. That's the beauty of film. Yeah, no, it's a really good movie. Yeah. Big fan. Um, Definitely one of my faves. There. So then, that's your favorite Christopher Nolan movie? Mm, I yeah, I can say that pretty. I can say that. Yeah. Okay. But he has a lot of good movies, you know. Sure. No, he has uh, plenty of great. movies. I always feel bad saying like. You know, I like a movie over the other ones because I feel like the natural like reaction is like, "Oh, you think all the other movies are like bad?" Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All movies are pretty great. Have you seen uh, the new movie he's got coming out? What? Uh, Dunkirk? No. No. Uh, Oppenheimer. Oh, Oppenheimer. No, I haven't. Oh man, that movie looks fucking crazy. I haven't Ugh. seen the trailer. I don't think. Yeah, the trailer. Hmm. I saw the trailer. I saw it, the trailer for it, in front of the movie I'll be talking about in the next section. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that fuck the trailer, fucking blew me away. <laughs> I'm really excited for that movie. <laughs> I don't even know when it comes out. Mm, okay. Um. The the next section. Um. Yeah. Okay, so, continuing. Uh, John Hinckley Jr. wants to be a famous musician, so he goes to Hollywood where he becomes obsessed with Taxi Driver and really does not do much to jumpstart his music career. Um, <clears throat> ends up giving up, uh, begrudgingly moving back to his uh, hometown, going to uh, Texas Tech. Um, 
Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that yep. was mean. Texas Tech is fine. I should have did that. I'm not familiar, but uh, it's in something no, it's called Lubbock, Lubbock, Texas. Well, yeah, any part of Texas sucks. Yeah, and I don't, I don't care to be offensive to Texas. Yeah, it's true. They uh, they got a lot going on. They need to yeah. work out. Uh, there are people that are cool in Texas. I'm not gonna say you know all the people in Texas suck, but like overall yeah. area, like. They kind of suck, you know. Yeah. Sorry. Overall, like, <laughs> ugh. Texas has Ted Cruz. That's enough reason to not go there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, I'm good on this fucking Zodiac shit. Um. So he moves back to Texas. He moves back to Texas. Goes to Texas Tech. Is very distraught about his failed music career um basically he this entire time he's just kind of living off his parents dime um not doesn't really have a job starting to piss his parents off and he ends up moving around the country like a lot um what he does is he decides hey i want to go to yale i'm gonna take some writing classes at yale please give me thirty six hundred dollars so i can go to Yale and attend school in New Haven and his parents okay. his parents give it to him and he does not enroll in Yale at all but oh. you know who is enrolled in Yale Jodie Foster who Yikes. at the time is taking a break from her acting career to finish college because she is not even 18 and ah. Unfortunately, is, I didn't know about this. <laughs> in watching Taxi Driver repeatedly and becoming obsessed with the film, he also becomes obsessed with Jodie Foster, even though she's 12 in that movie and he is 20. Jesus fucking Christ. He goes to Yale and begins stalking Jodie Foster. So uh, he begins leaving notes in her mailbox. He begins calling her. They talk on the phone several times. And he's just va- just not even vaguely, just blatantly creepy and will not leave, in- leave her alone. He is harassing her. And uh, there are several phone calls between her and John Hinckley Jr. They are public. You can go find them if you want, want to listen to him, to them or him being creepy. And uh, yeah. It seems at first Jodie Foster's trying to be nice about it, you know, kind of like a lot of women do when they're being harassed. They try to, you know, politely decline, and then John Hinckley Jr. won't stop, and so she keeps trying to tell him, you, you gotta stop pestering me, etc., etc. And uh, she basically just stops responding to him, won't take his calls, things like that. Um, and he's moving around a lot, like... He like uh, by 1980, uh, he's like he like in the span of a month in like October, he flies to Jesus five to ten different states back and forth. Basically, he's following Carter around, who is president at the time. Oh, he's stalking Carter as well, very similarly to the way Travis Bickle stalks the politician in the Jeez. film. Uh, and this is in multiple cities, and apparently at one point, he 
there was a picture of John Hinckley Jr. no less than 20 feet away from Carter. Which, at the time, doesn't Pretty give him much. Yeah, exactly. At the time, you wouldn't bat an eye, but in hindsight, uh, yes. So, um, basically, this is going on. Uh, so, his love grows unrequited by Jodie Foster. His parents refuse to give him any more money or even allow him to move back in with them. Um, he's in Colorado for a little bit, and he ODs on some antidepressants. Um, and this is kind of, uh, he, they, his parents get him to see a psychiatrist and he doesn't tell the psychiatrist anything about his, uh, thoughts of assassination or anything like that. And, uh, then he just doesn't get a job. He refuses to do anything else. And his dad says, all right, here's $200. You're not moving back in with me. I'm not giving you any more money. Good luck. Jeez. Yeah. Um. I suppose uh, after that, he used the $200 on motels, uh, food, or whatever. Same thing, he's just kind of loafing around. He visits his mom, unbeknownst to his father, during this period uh, in early 1981. Then he goes back to Washington, D.C. Uh, March 29th, he checks into the Park Central Hotel. The next morning, he... Gets up, goes breakfast, gets the Washington Star newspaper, which has the time and place that Reagan will be speaking to uh, unions for a labor convention. He writes a letter to Jodie Foster, professing his love and his motives, uh, which he ends with, I will admit to you, that the reason I'm going ahead with this attempt now is because I just cannot wait any longer to impress you. I've got to do something now to make you understand in no uncertain terms that I am doing all of this for your sake by sacrificing my freedom. Oh God, this dude's nuts. And possibly my life. <laughs> I hope to change your mind about me. This letter is being written only an hour before I leave for the Hilton Hotel which is where Reagan will be to give his speech. Jody, I'm asking you to please look into your heart and at least give me the chance with this historical deed to gain your respect and love. <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He's fucking really creepy. Jesus yeah, Christ. It's super weird. And that's just the last part. I mean, he, the, again, the, the letter is online. Uh, I'm not... Yeah, I'll never read it. Yeah, don't. It's. I read the whole thing. It was... <laughs> It's just, it's just basically all that, Jody. Why don't you love me? Uh, I'm gonna shoot Reagan, and then you'll love me. Is basically what is going on in his mind. At 1:30 p.m., he takes a cab to the Washington D.C. Hilton Hotel. At 1:45, Reagan arrives, goes inside, waves to the crowd, which Hinckley Jr. stands amongst. At 2.25, after Reagan speaks, he is leaving, walking to his limo, and that is when Hinckley fires six shots from his .22 revolver. The first bullet immediately kills press secretary James Brady. The second bullet hits officer Thomas DeLahanty in the back. Third bullet misses, hits the building. Fourth bullet hits a Secret Service agent, Tim McCarthy. Fifth bullet hits the limo window. 
and the sixth bullet ricochets off the limo and hits Reagan under the armpit. The bullet grazes his ribs and becomes lodged in his lung. And he is immediately rushed to the hospital uh, where he undergoes a two-hour surgery to save his life. Um, Man, you know, I I vaguely knew about this assassination attempt. And the whole time, I I don't know why. I, I just thought, like, Reagan got out, like, harm with no harm done to him. Well, that's what they thought initially. Basically, uh, press secretary was killed. Uh, he had been shot in the head on the first bullet. Mm. Um, and his uh, another officer got hit. His Secret Service agent was also hit. So he was really concerned about his staff. And they didn't even notice when they started pulling away that he had been hit until he started coughing up blood in the limo. Oh, wow. I think, it, I, think I saw a clip of of like it happening yeah and from that clip it looked like he didn't get shot but i guess he did that's crazy yeah uh no it it like it ricocheted off the limo to hit him and i agree there and that's the thing here the entire thing was filmed someone was filming reagan coming out of the building and they got the entire incident on camera again it is public you can go see it if you wish i'm not gonna say you should or recommend it but it is out there um uh so basically uh that becomes the deal it's not a question of of if hinkley did it because obviously he did it it's a question of why basically we move into the insanity trial um what uh reagan gets rushed to the hospital hinkley's tackled to the ground they search his hotel room shortly after and police find five pictures of jody foster some ammunition boxes pages of hinkley's writings uh books that you know your standard crazy white guy would keep (laughs) catcher in the rye (laughs) the skyjacker and of course taxi driver amongst others uh they found valium drixerall surmontal um and a postcard with Nancy Reagan and Ronald Reagan on it. As well as a note to Jodie Foster, apparently, I guess uh, he had not dropped off, that simply had the words written on it, you're a virgin, aren't you, question mark? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Again, (laughs) at this time, Jodie Foster had just turned 18, and he is 25. It just makes it's just so stupid that yeah. he's even concerned <laughs> it's about. Weird. I don't know. Yeah, that's just so absurd. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and like, then of course that's the you know clearly this is. Uh, I can't give a clinical opinion, but clearly this guy is mentally unwell. Uh, clearly narcissistic, and that's kind of the common thread here. And with most stalkers, you know, even in his writing in the letter, you can get the sense like, oh, I'm so magnificent and I'll make you see how magnificent I am, you know. Um, so, uh, yes, yeah, so uh, that was March 30th, 1981. They, take, they go to court, Reagan recovers, and uh, they start the insanity trial. Basically, they need to prove, or forgive me, 
key thing being here, the prosecution has to prove that he was not insane. Wait. Oh. Yes. So. <sighs> okay. Apparently, uh. They get into it, you know, they're arguing, well, hey, no, he did this and this beforehand, so clearly he had the state of mind to do these things. And then, of course, there's argument, all right, well, he did all these insane ramblings, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they base, but The defense and the prosecution brought in their own psychiatric experts who, you know, of course, obviously, both sides was like, the defense side's... Uh, the defense expert testimony, the psychiatrist said that he was totally insane, and the prosecution psychiatrist that testified said he was absolutely not insane. So, it's kind of like a he said, she said there. And, uh, yeah. during the trial, John Hinckley Jr. insists that he will no longer cooperate with his legal team if they do not get Jodie Foster to testify. <laughs> what the fuck? That was just so weird. Oh my god. Correct. Eventually, his legal team gives in. They work it out with Jodie Foster's oh legal team. Oh my god. And on March 30th, 1982, one year to the day after the assassination attempt, Hinckley and Jody and the judge and the legal teams all go into a private session where Jody testifies that uh she never tried to urge him on she has no interest in him when asked what is your relationship to john hinckley jr she, she said i have no relationship to john hinckley jr she walks out the room at the end of it and hinckley throws a ballpoint pen at her as she leaves oh and screams i'll get you foster this, I feel so bad for her. Yeah, dude. Oh my god. Honestly, I feel so bad for her. This is not the only time in her life this has happened. In 2016, she had another stalker. That sucks. Yeah. That's yeah. so dog shit. Dude, really though. And again, she's uh, 18, 19 when all this, when this trial's going on. Dude, she's not oh. even 20 years old yet. Um. Yeah. That's got to fuck with you, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, dude. Has to. Which, uh, I'm sure... Uh, thinking about it from a filmmaker standpoint, uh, I'm sure she had to use a lot of that in Silence of the Lambs, right? Mm, her, maybe, yeah. You know, how she, she has to... Her character, Clarice, has to toughen up in the face of these psychopaths. Uh, and... I mean, she's already experienced in having to not let these psychopaths dictate her life, right? Yeah. Um, so, June 21st, 1982, jury finds John Hinckley Jr. not guilty by reason of insanity. And he is committed to mental hospital. Hmm. And one month later, U.S. Congress begins insanity defense reform. Oh. First proposed by Senator Alan Specter and supported by none other than Ronald Reagan. Basically, uh, House, and Con House and Senate passes legislation to shift the burden of proof for insanity from the prosecution to the offense. So now the defense 
instead of the prosecution having to determine that they were not insane or prove that they were not insane, now defense has to prove that they were. It also limits wit, uh, expert witness in regards to their state of mind during the offense. They need to come up with proof that there's something causing their insanity, some form of legitimate illness causing them to be out of touch with reality um, prior to the offense. However, no longer can psychiatrists come in and act, act as uh, um, an expert witness attesting to uh, their level of insanity when the actual crime was committed. Man, um, so yeah. hold up. What year was that? This is 1982. Man, so like I was just doing a quick little, re you know, Google search. Um, that's like... I don't know, it's just so interesting, like, from so, that's like another angle where, um, just the Reagan administration was, like, so outwardly against, um, I don't know if I would say, so, like, uh, I want to say, like, mental health in general, like, yeah. Placing the burden on, like, the potentially insane person to prove that they're insane, you know, mm -hmm. rather than putting the burden of proof on, like, our system is created in such a way where it's supposed to be, like, the you know, prosecution's burden, right, mm. to prove guilt. Um, mm. And um, I guess there is an... Another thing they did in 1980 that I looked up, yeah, uh, where they reduced funding in mental health institutions mm. in 1980, mm. and I don't know. I just find it interesting, um, like yeah. how against. I don't want to say. Yeah, yeah, people with like. Uh, I guess more intense mental health issues, like how much the administration was like kind of against those people in a way. Sure. Well, and they just done so much. And I, I do know it was triggered by an event that was really like tragic, killing a person and someone getting shot. But I just find it interesting. Honestly, that is a really good point. And if you think about it, if that happened in 1980, that was really the pivotal time for John Hinckley Jr. If, of, of course, we can't condone Hinckley's actions. No. What no, he did no. was wrong. What he did hurt people. Yeah, he's a creepy fucking dude. Yeah, sure. But had the system not failed him, had John Hinckley Jr. gotten help in 1980 yeah. before any of this spiraled out of control, it could have been avoided. Um. Yeah, no, it, it it's possible that, like, the uh, reduction in mental health systems in 1980, that reduction in funding could have been the very thing that, like, made sure he didn't get the help he should have got, you know? Yeah. And could have prevented everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, just a shitty situation all around. Um yeah. John Hinckley Jr. was... Man, you know, uh, kind of reminds... 
<laughs> kind of reminds me of that movie that came out a few years ago. You know? Uh, yeah. Joker. Yes. About was, a man, you know, a yeah. man being failed by the system. I'm not gonna going to lie. What? Well, no, honestly, I I really feel like Joker had to have taken so much from oh my Taxi God. Driver. Yeah. Well, the director... I, God, what is his name? I forgot the director's name. Uh, but he openly said that. Like, he took a lot from Taxi Driver. And it's pretty... Yeah. Pretty obvious. It is pretty obvious. The, <laughs> it's the just entire, so... The entire vibe, the aesthetic, yeah. all of it. Um, and, and, I mean, the, the, the plot itself... Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy, man. Well, and see, that's another, yeah, um, so, uh, just, uh, as a postscript to that story, John Hinckley Jr. was released to the care of his family, uh, basically house arrest in 2016, and he was given unconditional release two months ago. Whoa, Jesus fucking um, Christ. And Jody Foster reportedly was quite horrified to learn that he was out in the public. That is again. Yeah, fuck. God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Christ. I I I feel I fucking feel bad for her, man. That Oh sucks. my god. That just sucks. I and as we mentioned, the system failed John Hinckley Jr. in its own way, but dude, uh, Jesus, man. Some dude stalks you, then tries to kill the president immediately after, writes a love letter to you the morning. Like, you're the... He blames... He tries to hold you accountable for him attempting to kill a sitting president. And then he just gets out scot-free, it feels like, you know, 40 years later. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a shit, man. Dog shit. Um, that's, that's shitty. I I can't even imagine the amount of like stress and anxiety that creates. You know. Yeah. Um. Jodie Foster, of course, goes on to be an incredible actress. I mean, she already was on her way to being an incredible actress. Uh, I mean, no, she she was even at twelve years old. She's winning Oscars. Um, or nominating for an Oscar. Um. Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah. Last I uh, heard, John Hinckley Jr. is trying to make it again as a musician. He has his own YouTube channel, and recently had a booked New York City gig canceled because they found out who he was. What a strange world we live in. Yeah, man. That's uh, so weird. I can't believe you said he had a YouTube channel. He does dude and and of course he's come out and he's apologized for enact his actions okay but i mean i don't know if that <laughs> i don't know if that helps at this point it's so strange i don't know yeah That's, man i mean okay. yeah dude you you killed one person i don't know i'm actually not sure if the uh secret service agent and or the police officer died um but his uh reagan's press secretary died immediately so <sighs> yeah uh i don't know man i don't know if uh that's something you can forgive and that's just that's the argument we we ask ourselves when we talk about the insanity defense um 
but the legislation that was passed as a result of Hinckley's actions are, I believe, still uh, what is followed today. So that is the story of how Taxi Driver inadvertently uh, contributed to the attempted assassination of President Ronald Reagan. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a that's not really a good note to end on, man. It's just <laughs> it's just a fucking much like Taxi Driver. It's just fucking dark from beginning to end. Yeah, I didn't know how creepy this was. I just thought he wanted to kill Ronald Reagan. I didn't know. No, I didn't know about the Jodie Foster obsession shit. Well, so that's really weird. yeah, that's the really interesting part. The guy I mentioned inspired Taxi Driver originally, uh, I believe Arthur Bremer. Um, they they found uh, they also raided his room and basically they found so much similar things to what Travis Bickle had, John Hinckley, you know, just writings, ramblings, collections of uh, of uh, you know, like guns and stuff. And that was the other thing too. John Hinckley Jr. was like modeling himself after. Travis Bickle from the movie. That's how heavily influenced he was. He picked up guns as a hobby, just like Travis Bickle does in the movie. He makes up a fake girlfriend uh, in letters to his parents, just like Travis Bickle did in the movie. Um, so this guy, Arthur Brimmer, they did dictated that they found in his writing that he was obsessed with violence and it really wasn't targeted at any particular politician although they did find confederate flags and things that would suggest he was uh, more um more conservative leaning but that's the interesting thing he shot george wallace who was a very uh prophilic politician notable because of how racist he was and he was a full-blown segregationist um and he tried to this this dude that also had Confederate flags in his room tried to shoot this racist guy. You would think they would have similar values, but he shot him anyway. And that's the thing they figure you you see with Hinckley. He stalked Carter first, who was a Democrat. Then he just switches to Reagan because that's who's in office, man. It's you know the his the politics are not what motivated him at all. It was. Uh, his own ego and uh, what he viewed as uh, unfair circumstances. You know, why doesn't Jordy Foster love me? Yeah, it's real sad. Yeah, real sad, man. All around. Um, so, yeah, that is our past presentation for today. So, uh, yeah, I really fucking hope you got a lighter... <laughs> movie for the present segment. Mm, uh, sort of. Alright. It's lighter. It's lighter. Um. Yeah. It's not nearly <laughs> as creepy and dark as that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's been about a week and a half now, but 
a movie I saw on two uh, six dollar Tuesdays in Seattle. Super Ooh. nice. Hell yeah. Uh, <clears throat> How much are the, are the snacks though? I don't. I feel really bad saying this because I used to be the. Per- I used to always get like concessions and stuff. Yeah. But like, I actually just stopped getting concessions at the movies now. Yeah. Because it's just so. It's like a hundred dollars. <laughs> I just don't want to put a down payment. On some damn popcorn and some damn soda pop, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, I'm being a little dramatic, but, like, I really No, don't you're not. Like, <laughs> you're not, bro. So. That's like. Yeah, I just go in there for my $6 movie. I enjoy my movie. I usually, like, do dinner or lunch or whatever. Yeah. And then. Yeah, it's super nice. Are you like the one? Are you, you're not one of the people that like brings a full blown meal into the theater? No, no, no. Like you wear like a really big coat. And you just pull out a bunch of shit wrapped in. No, 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 no. I eat before. <laughs> yeah. Just pull out but like, when I used to work at the movie theater, um, I re- <laughs> this is so crazy. One of the craziest things I found was like there was like a, <laughs> a whole half of a row. Of just like KFC chicken. What? Like there was like four buckets. Like <laughs> everyone had their KFC cups, and like there was like five boxes of sides, and I was just like, I don't know. I was actually just so amazed that they snuck all that in. I was just like, you know, you, they're gods. Right? Like, how did they do this? This is amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, how do you do that? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm actually so stunned. Just maybe a bunch of big purses, maybe? I don't know. But, man, yeah. they fucking chowed down in that theater. Anyway. Concessions suck. I don't get concessions as much, although I love the shit out of popcorn. Wish I could get that more often. Anyway, the movie. Yes. Nope. Oh, okay. Directed by my man, Jordan Peele. Okay. Nice. We go way back. Yeah. You guys tight. Yeah, we're pretty pretty tight, you know. He's I think he's thinking about putting me in his next film. So, you know, if you're hearing this, Jordan, you know, I'm I'm ready. Okay. Yeah, but you got you know, you, you you already were informed he's eyeing you for the project, so you have his number. Oh yeah, yeah, no, we're super like I said, like I said, we're super tight, you know. Oh, okay, good, good. So you Jordan, you know, you can hit me up. Let me uh be the protagonist. Next movie that'd be super sick. You, know. you don't want to be the antagonist. Well, no, you, no, no, you no. can't be. You're not white. Yeah. So, so like, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about Nope and yes. Jordan Peele a little bit, okay? Yeah. First off, have you seen his other films? I have seen Get Out. I have not seen Us. Oh man. Okay. Man, now I gotta figure out how I want to talk about this. Oh no, did I? Would it have been better if I had seen Us and not? Maybe, because I don't know how much I want to say about Us now. <sighs> God damn it! But um, okay, 
I'll, I'll, I'll try and speak broadly about it without giving too many plot details. So okay. Get Out, what, 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 what were your thoughts about Get Out? Oh, it was great. I mean, it, it was absolutely great. It was, uh, I mean, uh, obviously the, the blend of horror and comedy is uh, not always easy to do. What a dash... Things. Of some social commentary, yeah. I, I mean, excuse me. I, I, I mean, no. I, I think it was uh, steeped in social commentary, but it was incredibly subtle. Um, mm-hmm. It, it, it blend. It managed to blend this surrealism into the story, and it blended really, really well with the horror because horror often has that surreal. Uh, aspect to it anyway yeah. so no it, it, using that to speak about uh, to have that social commentary um in a really effective way and still add comedy into it yeah. man really funny comedy. yeah yeah dude absolutely like super great really uh, from the the parts that were terrifying to the parts that just made you so uncomfortable yeah man and like again i'll like always say this all I want from the art I consume is to make me feel, you know? Yeah. And that it that movie both made me feel extremely uncomfortable, but also, yeah. like, laugh hysterically, <laughs> you know, hysterically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man. Get out. Great. Yeah. So, with that in mind, that takes us to the second movie, Us. Which you haven't seen, so I'm going to try and be vague, but this one was... Th- there's still comedy, but it's dialed back, I would say, pretty considerably in comparison to Get Out. And it's more of a straight horror movie. Okay. It's more of a straight horror movie than I would say Get Out was. I felt like... Okay. Um, I felt like, you know, it, 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 Get Out kind of gave me the expectation going into that movie that it was going to be, like, a lot more cerebral. And I hate this. It's not that it's, like, you don't think in the movie at all. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's just a little bit more, um... Hmm, how should I put it? Like, there's there's a lot going on in the story. I don't want to like take away from that, but I guess there's a lot more moments of tension in us. With Get Out, there's a it's it feels like a basically like a slow burn like slow build there's like moments of creepiness you know some shit's going down and then it kind of pays off all in the climax of the movie yeah this one there is consistent like constant points of tension throughout the whole movie and it like fucking oh man like does it maintain it in an uncut gems kind of way or yeah sure yeah i would say that okay like and you know, there's still humor in there, but um, it's a lot 
I would say more fast paced. <laughs> the te- oh. there's more of a tempo to it, and um, yeah, I love it. It's great. It's fucking creepy as shit. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. That's uh, uh, man. It makes me feel so uncomfortable. Oh, I love it though. Are the stories? Uh, uh, are all three stories connected at all, or not at all? From what I understand. Okay. And that's what I was gonna say. That comes to like, nope. All three of these films are like, I I I think they're all great, for one, but they're so different. <laughs> they're like, almost like, slightly different genres. Even though you know you you have this giant umbrella that is horror. Yeah. Um. But, like, Get Out feels more like, I guess, kind of more in the suspense realm, you know. Uh, Us feels kind of more in the realm of, like, a slasher, you know. There's a lot of slasher influences there. But, like, the story's still really crazy. And then... Nope is like a more like suspense like sci-fi horror. Yeah, cuz it involves aliens, correct? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> all right. Man. So, I I, <laughs> I know I've been talking about all these other movies, but the movie Nope yeah is I highly recommend it, and I, I, it's, there's just certain movies out there, right, that I just think need to be seen in theaters. This is one of them. I think it'll really help the viewing experience. I'm sure you can still watch it on, you know, your TV and it'd be fine, but I just feel like the theater experience would enhance it Uh considerably. So is AMC paying you more or less than Nicole Kidman? for this <laughs> I wish I just... AMC was paying me <laughs> but yeah and do it's they the... do six dollar movie days it's also got uh, Daniel Kaluuya which was the main actor yes in uh, Get Out <clears throat> yes newcomer Ke- well not newcomer to like movies or anything but Kiki Palmer they play brother and sister yeah. And I don't even know how much I want to say. I'll just say like Daniel Kalua plays more of like a low key type character, like very stoic, man of very little words. Yeah. And it works really well with Kiki Palmer's character, who's this really outgoing, like big personality. And um yeah. Jordan Peterson or Jordan Peterson. Oh Jordan my god. Peterson. Jordan Peele. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so stupid, sorry. Jordan Peele. Not Jordan Peterson. We 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 missed we'd already talked about the psychology section. So. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Anyway. Yes. Jordan Peele. Is really good. 
It's just making interesting characters, man, that I care about. Uh, Jordan Peele is, is just, you could have stopped it just really good. He's just really, <laughs> like, like and <laughs> proved his, uh, already proved himself a comedic powerhouse by the time he left his show. Ugh. And since then has just evolved, man. Like, so, with no, all I'll just say is there's a really good job of, like, Creating and sustaining tensions for very uncomfortable amounts of time. Um, man, it's just really interesting. He just does a lot of really interesting things that, um, like, cause me, like, terror, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's from how it's shot, how things are acted... You know, um, the the sound design specifically, you know, like yeah. it's it's just so as a whole, just so beautifully crafted. OK, mm-hmm. Ugh. it's awesome. really good. I'm looking forward highly to recommend it. it. I, I think I'll definitely watch that. I'm I, I think I'll want. Well, no, I'm, I was going to say I want to watch us first but i guess i don't really need to no yeah you can watch any order they're all good movies great movies yeah would recommend oh yeah i watch them i love daniel kalua i, I love kiki palmer but i i think daniel kalua is such yeah daniel kalua did i say kalua <laughs> uh, close Dan- enough yeah D- daniel kalua but yeah no it's no, a great movie it's... yeah um I don't know if I missed anything that I can say that's not too big of a spoiler. I, I'm not gonna lie, like I, I don't know. Maybe not. I was gonna say like you should have been cast as Fred Hampton. <laughs> Cause you look just like him. It's not even In the uh Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah. I mean he did great, but like uh, based off what I saw, I actually have not Oh, you movie. haven't seen the movie? No, 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 no. It's no. really uh, good. I no, not all the way through. Same thing. I watched like first twenty minutes and would ugh. recommend watching. Yeah. I want to finish that then. I'm just I'm put on because like yeah. So he, he's great, but like you look exactly like Fred Hampton, and you're a great actor. I feel like you could have done it. That's just my two cents. Well, yeah. I mean, I know I'm a great actor. Yeah. I got snubbed for an Oscar in yeah. 2018. That's true. <sighs> it's fine. I'm not bitter. Yeah. It's all right. The uh, taxi driver got snubbed too. It didn't actually win any of those Oscars. It was just nominated. Well, to be fair, I was more deserving than taxi driver. Ah, so. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Well, yeah. I uh, care about that. You know. Yeah. It did win the Palme d'Or though. Yeah. No, I was talking about uh, John Milius. Uh, we'll talk about him later too, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll. God, because that's gonna be its its own episode. Uh, Red Dawn and uh, and Taxi starring Jimmy Fallon. Yes, exactly. That's its own. That's a two parter. So yeah, that was our movie from the present. A great fucking right. movie. Ugh. 
That's right. Oh, nope. oh and Go actually, before we move on, very yeah. important. I'm gonna put you on the spot on the podcast. Have you seen everything, everywhere, all at once yet? No, not all I the way it. through. I started the worst. No, no, no. I started watching it. I'm like. 20 minutes in i think 20 or 30 minutes in and then my son woke up so yeah um but no i have started it i'm really enjoying it so far uh i i really enjoy the style of the cinematography so far and also the script uh is really good <laughs> i love <laughs> i think it's kehoi kwan Admittedly, not ringing any bells. I think so. No, but I'm I'm loving him. He plays the the husband, the dad. Oh, yeah. I just got to the part where like he shoved her into another dimension, to, out of the elevator. Like I just got to that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know his name. Crap, he's really good. And I don't feel like that's a spoiler because that happens pretty early on. It is. It is technically a spoiler. Okay. But yeah, finish that movie. Yes. I'm going to be finishing that uh, hopefully tomorrow. Definitely this week because I'm enjoying it. Um, Now it's time for the future. Yes. The future. Uh... Yeah, a movie I'm excited to see. Um, only one really comes to mind at the moment. Clerks Is it Halloween again? 3. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, and you know what? A lot of people will say I have no taste um, for being a Kevin Smith fan. But I am. I'm a very big Kevin Smith fan because, Adam, I agree with you. Uh, your effort is what makes your art... Um, your spirit, the spirit that you put into your art, and uh, Kevin yeah. Smith puts a lot of spirit into his art. I love several of his films. Clerks 1 was great. Clerks 2 uh, is possibly my favorite. Um, have you seen any Kevin Smith films? Yeah. Which ones? Most of them. Oh. Okay. Do you have a, uh, a favorite I have a least favorite. Oh, which one? Wait, he did do Tusk, right? He did do Tusk. Yeah, that movie made me... I did not like that movie. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. A lot of people didn't like that movie. That experience was just not ideal, um, is about the best way I can say it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's terrible, because I love Justin Long as a comedic yep. as a comedic actor. Um, He's great. Yeah, but not 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 that ugh, not in that, that form. Out of guess, I don't know. I can't. I can't not recommend this movie more. <laughs> you can't. You couldn't like. Unrecommend yeah, it. You, I can't. You couldn't disrecommend it anymore. Yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. I hate to say that. No, I yeah. mean no. That's I'm not gonna lie. Still haven't seen it. I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. Oh. I still haven't seen it. I'm scared. I don't want to. I don't want to hate one of his movies. <laughs> yeah. That's it's it's because I love him as a filmmaker so much that I don't want to see it. Yeah, I mean, 
yeah, I've seen this follow-up, Yoga Hosers. I did not see that. Oh, uh, it was I not did. great. It was. It had funny parts. It was kind of funny, but it. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. Don't watch Tusk. All right, please. <laughs> I, I've made. But Clerks are good. Yeah, Clerks is good. Uh, Dogma is. Yeah. Pretty amazing. That's a that for me. That's a special film. That's a special movie, man. It says uh, it says so much about religion and spirituality. Um, and it's so fucking funny and has such great performances. You know, uh, Alan Rickman. Um, Rest in peace. Yeah, George Carlin. Rest in peace. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, of course. Um, Chris Rock, jeez, yeah, great in that movie. Uh, Selma Hayek, also good. Alanis Morissette really? does a good job. Everybody's in that movie. Um, who's in Clerks Three? Uh, uh, pretty much everybody that was in Clerks 2, and I believe some people from Clerks 1 are coming back. Um, so Rosario Dawson will be in Clerks 3. Nice. Um, I think Ben Affleck might be in there somewhere, but I don't know. Uh, Rosario Dawson is probably the biggest name. Other than that, it's all the, uh... Smaller actors that were... Man, I have the biggest crush on Rosario Dawson. Yeah. I just, I'm just putting that out into the world, hoping yeah. that that gets back to her, and then, you know. Yeah, have ask Jordan to tell her for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. You should do that. Yeah, I'll call Jordan Peele. <laughs> he'll, he'll hook us up. You know, he's... I was gonna say he's got her on speed dial. That's a that's an outdated <laughs> reference. <laughs> Fuck is speed dial. Yep, we're old. Yeah. Remember when I <laughs> I'm fucking so old, man. Like I'm not even that old, but I just feel old. I've seen too much in the advancement of technology. Right? Like isn't that that? Like I just. I remember when the like coolest phone was a <laughs> Motorola Razor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was. Remember the damn BlackBerry? Oh God, yeah, I remember when that was the shit. Like yeah. that used to be like the most advanced phone. Then iPhone yeah, came out and took a shit on it. Anymore. Yeah, no, they don't support it anymore, right? It didn't happen like a year ago or something. They ended support on Blackberries. I actually don't know. I have, I just haven't seen a BlackBerry in like eight years. It feels yeah. like. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for Clerks Three. Uh, that's really everything I I can mention right now. Last time I uh, did my last time I did my future movie, um, I said Halloween, and the trailer has come out for that, and I'm still excited, although I have no idea what is happening in this one because the trailer was pretty vague. So, but it doesn't have to be real subs- uh, specific, because I promise you one thing: Michael Myers is going to be killing some motherfuckers. So, I know that much. 
Uh, we'll see. They might throw a plot twist in there. They might. I don't know. Michael Myers doesn't kill anybody? Goes on vacation. Yeah, right. G- gets through his trauma. Exactly. And becomes a better person. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Through live, laugh, love. Yeah, exactly. He'll spend four. I'm d- that would be a pretty interesting movie. I would watch that. Uh, yeah, like the the Michael Myers goes to anger management movie. Michael Myers gets his groove back. Yeah, baby. <laughs> we definitely need to have an Austin Powers episode. What did Austin Powers do? Like, renew? I mean, because everybody just started saying, yeah, baby? Like, We'll figure it out. I don't know. We'll work it in there somewhere. I'm, da- yeah, I'm always down for Austin yeah. Powers. Sharks with freaking laser beams. All I asked for were sharks with laser beams attached to their heads. <laughs> Mini me, unfill the laser. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yo, so like in fifth grade, uh, I would reenact that part, mm. including like, and I would mime, I would do the same motion that Mini me was doing, and I would pretend to hump a laser that was in front of me. <laughs> And, <laughs> um, all the other guys in my class started doing it, uh, nice. basically, but like, so like what turned into me doing that scene from Mini me unveil the laser and I would like hum the, the music that went in the, in the scene. So like, I would just be humping the air and going, and, uh, Eventually, all the guys in my class just started doing that part, like just the humping and the music, and yeah. it became a problem. And like the teacher had to expressly tell our entire class, "Please stop doing this." I don't even know how she described it. It's like, I <laughs> like she she described it as like, "Please stop these obscene gestures," and I was like, "Oh, so someone butchered it. It wasn't even funny when they did it." Uh, but yeah Kevin Smith Clerks 3 I'm excited to check it out (laughs) yeah uh, so I guess uh, that's pretty much a wrap on episode 3 we're gonna be back next time uh, and it'll be reversed reversed and we're gonna cha cha real smooth we'll Uh, just say I can't wait to sink my teeth in the next one. <laughs> it's about Jaws. <laughs> yes. So, uh, Adam is going to give us a presentation on Jaws and the unique way that Jaws had an impact on society and on history as we do on Film throw apology. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Is it really? Oh, <laughs> shit. I didn't even... I, I'm not gonna lie. I expect this to just be like a... Yeah, everybody's scared of sharks. And so... But I expected it to be like a Bambi type thing again. You know? Like, it just affected, like, shark population or something. We'll get into it. Okay. Because <laughs> if it's... I'm not going to lie. I'll be very intrigued if it's 
like more fucked up than I thought it was. Yeah, I'm. You know what? I'm not. I'm excited. I'll say that. I eagerly await. <laughs>